You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. And there we go, guys. It is time for Slopes Cast. Massive shout out to Goat King, who just said that he really loves that intro. It's what got him hooked. Well, thank you so much. That's a little, uh, uh, for people that are interested, that, that that's actually a little remix that I made. When I say remix, it's a very easy remix to make. Shout out to the uh, DJ Feature Cast, and, uh, who oh, I am a patron of, actually. And he uh, uh, lent me the beats uh, for that particular intro. And I, uh, yeah, just put them all together over the classic Mega CD intro. But enough about that. Let's chat about the six topics we are going to be discussing today. Is that right, Grizzly? Is it six topics today? It's six, you lucky, lucky people. Ooh, go on, talk us through. What are we going to be chatting about today, mate? Right. So this week we have Quake returning for the first time in 25 years on console. We have the Jungle Book and a few others returning in a new with bunny ears Disney collection. Soldier Boy back in the headlines again. Um, he may be the new owner of Atari, or so he thinks. And then we're going to look at some highlights from the Sonic Amateur Games Expo. We're going to talk about China's version of God of War slash Sekiro with Black Myth Wukong. And we're going to take a little bit of a deeper look at Wata Auctions, which was exposed yeah. in a rather good YouTube video, which we're going to somewhat recommend, as well as... Uh, you know just touch base on this subject absolutely absolutely so yeah we've got quite a few different things to be talking about and it's, it's quite cool i'm looking at this and i'm seeing quite a few different varied um uh, uh topics which is good uh, everything from quake to disney you can't really get a uh, uh, more polar opposite than that <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what the thumbnail looks particularly interesting as mike towns uh who was sat there watching me build it together yesterday um yeah. there's one of each expression possible expression on the thumbnail that wasn't intended that is very true <laughs> that is very true yeah yeah and it ends with death of uh mario falling into the lava lake like yes. he does on all those front covers of the one of the most popular games of all as in the most commercially well sold games of all times so it's also the most expensive game of all time but we'll get to that as and when because right now we're yes. going to be chatting about quake oh man i am so happy that i get to see mm -hmm. this thing again so uh you go for it yeah, Quake. Uh, it's one of those games. It's so. It's to me. I'd always call it as as important, if not slightly more important than the likes of Doom, because it really did kick off how um, like quickly the '90s was moving in terms of graphical horsepower, in terms of the 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 style and the speed of game that you could play. I mean, really, it was like night and day compared to the old first-person shooters with the 2D visuals in the 2D slash 3D corridors. Mm -hmm. so what's happened here is night dive studios mvps yet again um have come out i'm fairly sure it's night dive who worked on this one um as well as uh the likes of turok and what have you uh 
I can't confirm whether it's Night Dive. I could be completely wrong on that. But I was about to say, yeah, Night Dive. They're, they're doing well if it's them. Yeah, they have uh, they have released a new whole new campaign for Quake, so mm -hmm. a whole new chapter of content, and uh, they've re-released it on modern modern consoles. So you're getting 4K and everything like that. It's just so so good. Uh, I've been playing it on Game Pass. I've been playing it on PC because um, even if you've got the Steam copy, by the way, it was Night Dive. Um, if you've got the Steam copy, you get the free upgrade. It's, yes. it's absolutely brilliant. It's probably the most consumer-friendly thing that Bethesda have done in years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, obviously for me, I'm I'm excited about the uh, the the Switch port. Um, and I know like Switch isn't the most like powerful system out there, uh, especially when you're looking at all the systems it's coming out on. It's probably like the least most powerful, especially when you're playing it in handheld mode. But this is Quake. This is a 25-year-old game. And from what I've read on reviews, I haven't played this personally myself, uh, it runs as smooth as butter. It's um, the definitive version to play however you decide to play it. And as you said, you've got that new campaign in there, plus all of the original DLC. Um, yeah, I mean... The original Nine Inch Nails soundtrack and everything. Oh. They've, they've given it so many quality of life features oh, in terms yeah. of the way everything plays. Um, it's by far the most definitive version of quake there is yeah. and i'm really surprised to see it because i always thought that this was in licensing hell because of the trent Reznor connection well what i will say is one one thing i have seen is because uh, i'm in a, i'm in a group with a few other youtubers we give each other advice or when things go wrong we, we you know we give each other advice and, and and all that sort of stuff and uh i know a few people that have been streaming this game and had a few issues um uh, with it uh, regarding oh, yeah. the soundtrack so that that is one thing you want to be keeping an eye on but unfortunately these things happen it, it happens all the time when when um, the these these music labels you know releasing vinyl a lot of the time they'll get the rights to the soundtrack and old let's plays end up getting um uh, picked up unfortunately it's just the sort of thing that happens um and uh yeah if you're going to be streaming this you may have a few problems but i'm sure it's probably going to get sorted but uh hey yeah that soundtrack that soundtrack is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's a good soundtrack. I mean, really, honestly, though, if you if you were playing without the soundtrack, if you've ever played on the old console versions, you weren't getting the full soundtrack anyway. So mm -hmm. you're not going to miss an awful lot. And it's super atmospheric, but it is super atmospheric. It is. I it just is. love the fact that it's Quake 1 and not Quake 2 again. Quake 2 gets all of the love, whereas this, for me, is, you know, this is Quake. This is the way it should be. I think I played out of all because I mean I'm going to be honest here out of all of the uh, Quake games I think it's number I think it's Quake 64 that I've played the most because I was never the biggest um, first person fan fan in actual fact I'm... when I look back Flan yeah. <laughs> when I look back um, I actually think I might have played Rise of the Triad the most just because I had it um, oh yeah that's a great game though. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't. I I, I picture a time when uh, Night Dive go and redo that. Um, is very possible. Very possible. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's a retro collection. It's done to the best of its ability. It's not an expensive game. It's it's a, it's a bit of a budget title, which I suppose well. it probably should be. Is it not? Well, well, uh, yeah, it is a budget title, and of course, it's free on Game Pass. But it right. wouldn't be a modern id software re-release -re without a limited run collector's oh edition. yes 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 let's let's look that up shall we because I, yeah. I did see that notification come in go on you carry on yeah so limited run in their typical limited run fashion uh so you can get a physical copy of at 30 dollars, which is <laughs> three times the cost oh. of the game to buy if you were even buying it in the first place yeah. or 
you could spend 175 smackers on the limited Quake Ultimate Edition uh, for Switch or PS4, um, yeah. which includes a spinning Quake logo, quad damage logo, which I will admit is kind of cool. I think there's also like a a Shambler um, figure, uh, metal figure as well, which uh, is guaranteed to bother any elves on the shelf at Christmas uh, if mm. it even like comes out in time for Christmas because we know what limited run can be like. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of neat. I like it. It's uh, it's giving love to a game that I absolutely adore and. I'm looking forward to when they re-release Quake 2 in a similar fashion because you know that's coming. Yeah, it's you can get away with this because it's such a classic game. You know, like they've done it with yeah. Doom, they've done it with the Castlevania collection, with like these extremely high ones. Um, I got the mid-range, as you can see, I've got it behind me actually, the uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World uh, limited run one because I just, I, I just couldn't bring myself to spend what's it close to 200 for the oh yeah ultra ultra rare one so the, these ones that have like a bit of a legacy behind them the real real classic re-releases yeah i mean without even seeing it, i yeah i i already pictured that this was going to happen obviously streets of rage 4 was another one of the big ones because that was a classic franchise brought back um but uh yeah i, I along with scott pilgrim I also got fight and rage and that one didn't come for as big as a, a, a collector set because obviously it's not as popular of a game and has got that that legacy behind it us retro collectors we must get the most expensive version of these ultimate games um yeah i think the funniest one was when they did command and conquer collection and it didn't include like a physical copy of the game but it was still like crazy expensive yeah um, that's mad that one i think I, I i think i probably would have gone for this if it was more reasonable like in cost because i don't think a motorized quad damage replica statue thing costs that much to make <laughs> It's certainly not $175 plus shipping and it, it whatever import fees it is for the UK. I know that they calculate it, but it's usually added to the cost. Yeah. Um, I But I will say, uh, whichever way you support it, I think uh, it is definitely a game worth supporting. Uh, as I say, mm -hmm. Quake hasn't been... The original Quake hasn't been around on a console or PC like re-release for 25 years, and that's significant. This is one of the best first person shooters in my opinion and mm -hmm. still and without it you wouldn't have stuff like well you certainly wouldn't have had it in the same form you wouldn't have had stuff like half-life so show it some respect yeah for sure yeah and uh, like i say it's, it's yet again another classic game uh getting redone but thankfully um uh, actually showing some real uh, love with that with that version it should be the ultimate definitive version and from what i've seen in in um uh uh, interview uh, interview sorry reviews it seems to be that way so fair play to him good job night dive good job nothing Again, but a good thing keep doing what you do night dive keep doing it it's great yeah absolutely absolutely and hey for all those people out there that love it that much they're the pound version to get <laughs> definitely <laughs> insane insane right okay so uh yeah there we go moving over to topic number two we're going to be chatting about uh moving from quake to disney <laughs> because there's apparently a new Disney game compilation that's coming out. And uh, one of the uh, supposed games that's going to be on this compilation is The Jungle Book. Now, The Jungle Book is a game that's definitely worthy of uh, being added to a nice, good, classic Disney compilation. But the other two games are Aladdin and The Lion King. And uh, yeah. well, people that are listening, I am holding up my copy of Disney classic games, Aladdin and The Lion King, for the Switch. Uh, <laughs> so... I mean, yes, I'm a 
absolute Disney addict. I have an enormous project that I'm slowly, very, very slowly working on in the background to do with Disney video games. So I'm going to buy this, but I'm not the <laughs> the majority. I think this is a bit, if, if it, let's just presume it is only those three games because that seems to be where they're going with it. That's a bit ridiculous. Mm, yeah, for sure. Because mm. uh, you, you, you're talking about like, it's, you know what's really even more weird is that this, these are the same guys who came out with that Aladdin and Lion King port collection mm -hmm. so yeah. they know exactly what they're doing it's almost like they're every year they're going to add one more game to it and just release another cartridge it's, it's silly not. really silly because i mean this i'm looking on the back of the box i'm trying to see a date uh for when this compilation came out i think it was last year i think it was last year it's not on the box it's okay so never mind but it was it, it is a budget title um you're looking about 25 pounds one of the big things for me is I'm a, I'm a huge uh aladdin fan for the mega drive i like lion king as well but aladdin's really where it's at and um yeah take me back to my roots all that sort of stuff uh so it was only like 25 quid or something to that effect uh, I've just looked inside and realized I've got the American version for whatever reason. And um, it has all of the different versions of the game. So I hadn't actually played like uh, more more so on the Lion King. I haven't played like Game Boy versions and Game Gear versions and all this other stuff. But what it, what it did have was a prototype version of uh, Aladdin. So a version that came out in, uh, I think it was one that was shown off on a show floor, like a CES. Yeah, you, that's it. Yeah, CES yeah. show floor, and it had like an alternative genie level, if I remember. That's right. right. That's right. And it, it, there was a, just a few little animations. Sometimes things weren't quite there, but it was it was so exciting to see that. And uh, I remember actually speaking to people that worked on the game, and it was like the first time they'd seen that uh, that 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 version of the game uh, since then. So it was yeah, it was really really quite cool for that. For me, as a retro gaming like addict into the history of in the games and that sort of thing it, it was worth it um i, I it, it is upsetting that they didn't add the capcom version of aladdin because that does get unfairly beaten down because the mega drive version is i i generally do think it's a better game but the aladdin capcom game is better than lion king no matter what version you get like that's a fantastic <laughs> game still um, I, always, I liked lion king it's not bad the no, no, Lion King isn't bad at all. It is a little bit bad in certain things, especially like the end levels. But um, yeah, like the Capcom version of, Lion, of, of Aladdin is still a fantastic game. Um, regarding uh, Jungle Book, besides quality graphics and obviously, you know, with lower ports, obviously having slightly lower, uh, less levels and changed up stuff like that, I don't think there's much of a difference depending on what version you get. Um, so they... they they took a step forward with adding that that demo in there, but I really wish they just did a tiny bit more where they added in there a little bit of history about the game and that sort of thing. And yeah, how how nice would it have been to play like the storyboarded version of that of the game with the yeah, or at least just have them in there interviews with the original developers. I mean, they weren't hard to find. I looked up the person's name, I had to send him an email. He was well up for an interview. I'm like, mate, just record that, get it nicely edited, put it on the on the Switch disc. That would just be a great little extra. Like, why can't they do that? And uh, as Raina says, right, um, in, in the chat there, the, the, the biggest confusion for me about this is I, I picked this up kind of thinking that this was going to be the first of several Disney classic games. And obviously it looks like it's going to be the case when they had this Jungle Book game in there. But um, it instantly got my mind thinking, oh, what can they add into future Disney classic games? And the obvious one is your World of Illusion and Castle of Illusion. And, and yes. then you've got your quack shots and... and, and um, if you want to go down the lower end of the scale, things like your Beauty and the Beast and uh, Little Mermaid for the Mega Drive, but um, yeah, we don't Mickey need to go Mania. There. Yeah, Mickey Mania is like one of the greatest games. There 
is a playable, although no one's got it, um, I, I forget his name, Game Hut. Uh, the guy who worked on it showed off Mickey Mania 2, like in its unfinished state. You could get Mickey Mania on a cartridge with that on there as well. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. I, I would love, like, a nine-game collection that collected all of the Illusion titles from 8-bit to 16-bit. Yeah. Um, with the uh, Quackshot, Lucky Dime Caper, Deep Duck Trouble, and Power of Illusion. That would be a great way to round it all off. That would be you lovely. Need, the, the Illusion trilogy is one of the most sadly forgotten series. I know that they had that Castle of Illusion remaster, but really... There's so much being missed out on these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if you can boot people out of chats, but uh, Mr. Skymin Hasbos just said, "What about Fantasia?" Most classic music, most me like most incredible music of all time, and then make it. And like, really, you're doing this to like the world's most incredible music and the game itself was just so broken there's a there's a brilliant story behind that by the way the reason oh it's it, yeah it's isn't that the one that got pulled off shelves because walt disney refused to have that work being used for it, it wasn't walt it was um uh roy wasn't it that was yeah that's it. it yeah his brother but um um and uh, yeah, that was actually one of the first four games I ever got. The Christmas I got my Mega Drive, got four games. Fantasia was one of them. Uh, surprisingly, it didn't get much playtime when the other three were Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Streets of Rage. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's something less appealing about a cartoon mouse versus, you know, some user Kashiro, that's for sure. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But um, no, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah the classic Castlevania, um, Castlevania, sorry, Castle of Illusion games would be brilliant uh, as, as a compilation. Um, yeah. Um, but um, if it really is going down the route of Aladdin, Lion King, Jungle Book, I, it really does make me feel like they're just aiming to get that mum. That, oh, my son likes Disney. My daughter likes Disney. I'll buy him that game. Only 25 quid? Yeah, that sounds cool. Is, is this any different from the one I bought last year? Oh, sorry. I'll just buy it anyway because I can't remember a thing. Uh, oh, you've already got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's how Christmas will go for anybody receiving these these compilations, because chances yeah. are they'll they'll receive it twice. It's a shame. It's a shame. I don't think there's really much else to add on it, but um, let's let's hope they 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 get more in there um, and add more uh, to, to different compilations. Uh, Pinocchio and the Mega Drive. That's that's hardcore forgotten about. Great game. Great game. I mean, when when you put it that that, that if you if you had that in there as well, it's starting to feel a little bit more like okay, yeah, I might I might double dip for this. I mean, I'm gonna double dip anyway because it's me. But yeah. Well, I mean, um, you're, you're talking about classic version games with one of which is Jungle Book, and that's yeah, it's mm. it's great, great little, uh, great little title. I mean, certainly not on the same par as Aladdin and what have you, but it it was like the first out of those those types of games that you got for the Mega Drive, and it really showed off at the time yeah. what you could do with animation, mm -hmm. and they just took it to a whole new level with the likes of Aladdin. I mean, so this is like the the stepping stone to greatness, and and right now. Um... I know this, this story is maybe close to a week old, but at the moment, there's a lot of people talking about this. And why, why, when they created the Disney Saturday morning uh, compilation, you know, there were classic NES games with like Duck Oh, the Disney, Disney Afternoon. Sorry, yeah. Like, why were not more people talking about that? Because they're genuinely 
fantastic platformers. Um, it's, 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 it's mind blowing. It's really, really strange. Um, uh, I, I just hope that whoever has the rights to be able to, or, or whoever has the vision of putting these out, because obviously Disney own them, but like, I, I, I'm getting this worried feeling that it's that, that one, the, one of those things where they just constantly keep getting, oh, let's, let's get Aladdin and Lion King out on every single thing they possibly can. And it's like, don't, don't, uh, devalue it like that because these are good games. Um, yeah, and it's it's a bit of a shame if they just oh they're going to keep re-releasing that same thing over and over. Uh, you know, like where I am Eight Bit was selling the carts for a hundred pound a pop of Aladdin and I think Lion King as well. It's it's yeah, ugh. I don't like it. I don't it like really, it a bit. It really strikes me as weird that these are the cheaper franchises like Aladdin, Lion King, Jungle Book, because that that's really what it smacks off, right? Is that the mm-hmm. Virgin the Virgin Games side of it is like super cheap, and then they, all you have to do is pay the licensing fees just to re-release these things. It's uh, I don't know. I, it, it strikes me as weird because there are so many other Disney games, really good ones, like the World of Illusion series, where you could essentially do the same. But is it because Sega owns that partially? It's weird. Yeah, I I, I think I have from what I heard from something else that happens. I. I I'm I'm pretty certain that Disney are able to do that, do that with at least Castle of Illusion. Yeah, from something that happened that I can't really talk too much about, but I know they have the ability to be able to do it. Um, so unless something's changed over the last few years, we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, that's enough of that. I'm gonna end up spilling the beans too much. Let's uh, move over. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's move over to um, uh, really, it's really your boy. It's your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just before we went live, guys, we almost didn't add this because yeah. it's almost like we're just taking the piss out of someone that might not be all there. And you don't want to be that person. No, definitely but not. So what what is Soldier Boy doing? Like again, it's it doesn't I, I can't get my, my head around his, his mental state and I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. So this is I'm just gonna play the clip and hopefully you guys will be able to uh, uh listen in on this and we'll, we'll add it into the actual people that are listening on podcast services but yeah check this out they signed me to a deal to atari big shout out to atari the whole staff i'm about to revamp the company <laughs> we're gonna take atari to the next level everybody go follow at atari i am now the owner of atari i'll stop it there i am now the owner of atari so he literally believes right there I mean, do you think he believes that he's the owner of Atari or is he just that good at marketing like a troll to, to, to get people in? Because that's that's what's going on here. So for people that don't realize, I've just jumped into this. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Soldier Boy has announced on social media that he is the new owner of Atari. <laughs> um. I can see where he would get very excited because there was a lot of zeros on the particular promotional deal that they were doing. Um, and it may, would make you believe that, yes, uh, maybe you have a certain you know level of influence. So if you don't mind me jumping just a little bit further ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the reason why Soldier Boy thought that he was the new owner of Atari is because he believed that he bought shares within the company to a tune of a good few hundred, uh, 300,000 millions, in fact, millions and millions of dollars worth of shares. <laughs> was it really but, that much? 
Yeah, it was millions of dollars, as as you can see in the contract that he shows in the second is follow up video, which is yeah, yeah. very very funny. Playing that, but yeah, it's very funny, but we can't show it on screen. <laughs> Hardcore swearing right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, in the contract, it actually very clearly states that he's buying Atari tokens, which we've actually brought up a few times before. Yes, are Atari's um, Bitcoin or you know cryptocurrency? Yeah. So he's he's bought nothing, <laughs> millions and millions of dollars of nothing. Wow. It's, yeah, it's really really bizarre. Um. So yeah, he he believes that he's the uh, head of Atari. I, I I do want him to want it to be a troll thing because if he does believe he's done that, I think he must be at some kind of state where it's it. it, it I I feel bad taking the Mickey out of him because I I think he might be not all there <laughs> and i'm trying yeah. to be as nice as i can but like how can you think you're the owner of atari chair phrase is a really good point here i mean soldier boy has done a lot of questionable things over the past he few has years. I mean, there was a there was a uh oh, it's, there was a event where 50 cent was throwing or uh, throwing money around on the floor and soldier boy was seen picking it all up um but in particular um chef matic raises a really good point there is a theory out there that he bought the Atari tokens to try and build their hype to raise the value before he sells them on. And that is a very popular pyramid-style scheme going around at the moment, um, which we'll go into in some detail later. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I was about to say, that's very, very close to what we're chatting about in a little bit. <laughs> it's good old-fashioned ar arbitrage. But mm -hmm. we can't say whether that's the case for sure here, because let's just face it, this is the same guy that went to AliExpress, picked out a console, claimed it was his new Xbox. And then, um, yeah, but everyone else knows the story from there. It's, it's mad what this guy is doing these days. Yeah. What isn't he doing these days is more what worrying, I, I think. Yeah. So basically, yeah. After we put this out, uh, and the the tweet here is obviously of someone recording that uh, recording him actually um, stating that yeah, he 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 believes that he owns Atari, or mm. potentially believes he owns Atari. Um, Atari themselves put out a tweet that we know that the CEO of Atari is a dream job, but that honor belongs to Wade belongs to Wade Rosen Rosen, um, yeah. who is actually the kind of CEO of a. Atari. And when I say kind of, because it's so many little branches off now, it, who owns what there? But um, yeah, he then went on a bit of a rant afterwards <laughs> and he waved his contract on the screen. And someone had actually um, uh, essentially screen man managed to see what was on that. And uh, in this update from uh, Nintendo Life, great website, by the way, the update states as following uh, as, as follows. Following Atari's denial that Soldier Boy is now in charge of the famous video game brand, the rapper has reacted angrily online with lots of language and uh, lots of bad language and slurs. You've been warned. This is the video we won't be playing about, one I just mentioned about, claiming that he is uh, he has a contract which backed up his side of the story. He even brandishes the contract on camera during his uh, expletive-filled uh, rant. However, um, as is often the case with Soldier Boy, all is not what it seems. One eagle-eyed Twitter user spotted something significant in the contract text. It says that Atari tokens on the contract he screenshotted, not Atari shares in the company. Atari tokens are their cryptocurrency like a Bitcoin competitor, so it was a promo deal they wanted to pay with their own crypto, nothing to do with shares or ownership. So yeah, that's where we are literally at with 
it's um maybe. yeah um so <laughs> I, I've just reading the transcript of the video that we were just looking at, so it's quite a fun. <laughs> it's quite a fun read. So yeah, I have, I have checked it out myself, but we won't be playing it. Uh, I, I I will. I'm more than happy to recite the initial video. Definitely not the second one. But okay. this is exactly what he said in the first video. They signed yeah. me to a deal at Atari. Big shout out to Atari, the whole staff. I'm about to revamp the company. We going to take Atari to the next level. I am now the owner of Atari. I own the video game company, Atari. They was real proud of me of what I did with the Soldier Boy game console. You know what I'm saying. I blew Soldier Boy game up. We about to sell the company for like, what was it? A hundred? I think it's, I'm going to get $140 million dollars. I'm finally getting 140 million from Soldier Boy game. So Atari reached out and I just signed a deal with Atari. I signed two deals with Atari. I'm the owner. The first rapper to own a video game company. We're going to take it to the next level, just like we did with Soldier Boy game. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's just have a moment of silence for sanity. Um, <laughs> Because I think it's all gone. It has, it has, and uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm open for his sake that he is doing it to back up the price of the of the crypto coin uh, that is Atari coin, um, rather than it being a mental state thing. Because uh, I feel icky talking about this. I really do because it's so out there. Who would honestly believe? Uh, Soldier Boy turns out. <sighs> Should we go on to something a little bit more positive? <laughs> yeah why not yeah let, let's, let's celebrate all of the awesome people out there that are uh, taking part in the sonic amateur games expo oh yeah <sighs> oh yes oh yes so for people out there that don't know sage as it is as it's called is a yearly event where uh, um uh, sonic fans uh primarily make fan games and sometimes even original games and uh we get to basically see what they do because they, they 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 showcase it all like an online expo and um there's quite a few to 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 show off this year in fact the list i'm showing on the screen goes on for quite some time i will actually be this thursday uh so in two days time as of the recording of this uh, as i do every thursday night streaming uh going out on both slope extra and on my twitch channel i'll be checking out several of these i've got several of these games myself to be looking at um but if there's anyone out there that wants to um suggest any please do let me know over in discord or on twitter at slopes game room or in the like I say, on, on discord uh, which is slopes game room as well i'm very interested to see what games people suggest i've got a several lists here and i know you've got a few that you'd like the look of as well oh uh, for sure yeah. yeah yeah well gone let's let's do the, the, the big ones sonic triple trouble 16 bit yes definitely I've, I've it's a couple it's a like a two level demo uh they've perfectly recreated what sonic triple trouble was from the game gear to the mega drive music mm -hmm. wise looks amazing they've done it entirely in the sonic free style um i i just love everything about this one the guy's done oh, an yeah, amazing sure. job it, yeah it, it, it's super sexy um Really, really nice. I can't get enough of it. Um, I mean, they've, they've talked about this one in the past, as, as they have with quite a few of these. Um, but yeah, it's 16-bit uh, it, triple trouble. So this is like, th th what's exciting about this is a lot of the time, without 
making them sound bad. A lot of these these projects that you know are great for what they do, but the level design isn't always there. This is a proper Sega created uh, yeah. uh, game, but it's just like say been redone in sixteen bits. So it's it's like you're playing a proper classic game, the, the, the definitive version potentially. We'll see, we'll see. But uh, I think we're still quite a few quite a way off from uh, seeing the full experience. And I really do hope that happens. A lot of the time, these these projects just yeah, that's die. the unfortunate side of the the Sonic fan game or any fan game. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, project. absolutely. But what but, I really um, like about this is that it is a hidden gem, Sonic Triple Trouble, and it's, it's a great uh, game, yeah. Yeah, really good little game, and it's uh, also the, the, one the of mechanic the mechanic of being able to jump between the two characters, wasn't it? Um, of Sonic. Yeah, which is really smart, and strangely, still something that hasn't been replicated to this day. Not even as an extra mode, you know. Like yeah. I know, like Sonic Mania gave like different modes, and they didn't even add that. And I was like, yeah. So, uh, I, hopefully, we get to see it in in Sonic Mania Two when that hopefully happen so there's that one sonic triple uh trouble 16 bit that was uh, uh probably one of the big ones that most people are talking about i've got another one here i'm going to show off um probably not one i'm going to play myself but it's just shows you the extent and what some oh, of these people yeah. are doing this is sonic rush 3d so there was a game for the 3d S was it, it was, was it the, the original DS, uh, original Sonic DS. Rush, yeah, Sonic Rush. That's right. So I have played it, but I've not played it since it came out. Um, so I don't remember the the levels that brilliantly. It has a great soundtrack. Old um, uh, Hideki Naganuma of Jet Set Radio fame created the soundtrack. Um, but yeah, this is basically being it's being remade in 3D. Um, it's a very very buggy game. Um, if I'm going to be honest, from what I've seen online. But uh, hey, it's exciting that someone's at least doing that. Oh cool. yeah, I I love the look of this. I love the style that he's gone for and like the visuals. He's kept it low poly. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite interesting because it looks like it's a bit um, obviously Sonic Adventure esque, but like the it, it's actually got a bit more of an art style of say uh, Sonic R potentially. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd give it that totally. Yeah, um, but it looks I, like it plays just, like an adventure game. It's quite cool. I just hope he's got back to back in it. Yeah, oh, it, it, the music, I've already heard it does. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Great Hideki Nagano music. Um, so you got that. Another one that we both were quite interested in was uh, Classic Sonic 2 or Sonic Classic 2. One yeah. of these two. Sonic Classic 2, yes. Um, I'll let you chat about this one because I know it's one that you like the look of. Yeah, so this is like an all, like, all original Sonic game. Uh, so the person has gone into the they they probably kept the kept the physics kept some of the like level tropes as you can see like the the corkscrew pipe there but everything else is pretty much from ground up made as their own sonic games like the sprite art the the background art it, it just looks really good and there's a sequel uh it's the second hack in the series and it looks absolutely brilliant so if you're looking for something that could have been a sonic 4 then mm -hmm. this is this is a good example of what a fan can what the fans have been doing these days absolutely absolutely yeah it's definitely a good one definitely one i'm going to be checking out i'll be definitely this thursday excited to check that one out um next one i wanted to show off um one that i think really needs to be played to be experienced this one's called sonic momentum um so at the moment it's really a very basic world but it's more the way sonic controls himself and for anyone out there that's played for instance one of the other classic 2d one or not so classic 2d ones something like uh, Sonic 4, one of the things you pick up on rather than other than the graphics and the bland look of the game is the fact that Sonic himself doesn't exactly feel quite right. Yeah. Um, this game is based up on momentum. The way you control, the way you run, and the way you smash through things will actually build up a momentum. And the way you just need to get up one hill um, uh, is actually quite a task. 
so it's it's done in a very different way, but it's done purposefully. Uh, and it's, it's, it's exciting to see people play around with just how Sonic feels. Um, I don't think it's going to be for me because I'm so ingrained in the classic 16-bit style of the way he controls, but it is exciting to see uh, what people are doing here. And obviously, they're using the uh, uh, Sonic Advance uh, sprite work with that one. Um, which, uh, underrated trilogy. And all oh, yeah. For Definitely. sure. Definitely. Uh, another one I've got here, because uh, it's not all Sonic. Yes, it's uh, there's some unique and, well, <laughs> some games that don't even feel like they should fit, like uh, and, uh, Mario 64. Exactly. We've got Mario 64 Plus. This is version 2.0 that is out. And for people out there that want to know what this is about, if you've got a copy of Super Mario 64, first, you might want to sell it because it might go for a bit of money. <laughs> yeah. And um, this also shows off just like, Come on, Nintendo. You could have done a little bit more with that recent Mario collection you put out, the 3D Mario Mario 3D All-Stars game, because this is, uh, like I say, Super Mario 64 Plus version 2.0. Uh, it's basically the original Mario 64 with a lot of extras added in. Obviously, a lot nicer uh, textures, a few other things like that, nicer way that the camera controls, all of that sort of thing. Um, it's just all round. They're trying to make the again the definitive version of one of the most classic video games of all time, um, and do it better than what even Nintendo themselves seem to be doing with their very low effort 3D All Stars. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, it's exciting. Um, go and check that one out as well. Like I say, it's not all Sonic stuff. It's uh, you know fans of the Mario community are doing this as well, which is pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool. Um, Here's one that I am super, super excited with because I always like... There's so many incredible Sonic artists out there um, and incredible Sonic sprite artists out there as well. Emerald Tiles is a, uh, a, new, a Sonic game that was being showcased here. I'm just going to move forward a bit so you guys can see. But with different uh, artwork to, the, to Sonic sprite work himself. And I just think it looks really slick. Um, very, very excited um, to, to be trying it out. I just think the way it looks and the way... It, the look, the way it looks and feels, I think would be actually very exciting. This is one I will definitely be trying on Thursday. Have you, have you seen this one, Grizzly? Yeah, I've seen this one. Um, the uh, the sprite art is just wonderful. I love that people are just still to this day still tweaking and you know give giving their impression of how they feel Sonic should look. And sometimes that can come off as a joke, and sometimes it looks really earnest, like this version here. Yeah, and it makes it stand cool. out as well. I mean, whenever he, uh, whenever he two out of three games shown or even four out of five are you know sonic mania sprites i suppose by this point um it's quite nice to see someone to mix it up like this uh it's pretty cool it's really really nice uh, i've got a few more to show off as well uh here's another one that isn't uh sonic related this is one of their original games that was shown off called fetch the ferret um, oh yeah this looks cool yeah yeah it's just like a good 3d platform with a lot of speed so obviously it's very influenced by the sonic games um there's not really much else to say, if I'm honest. But uh, yeah, the way it uh, looks that it controls, looks like it controls very nicely. Um, I don't think there's much else to say on that one. I think it looks pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it, it looks fun. I mean, I love that we're seeing uh, we're seeing a lot more like 3D efforts as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sort of game that could end up going somewhere and actually getting a physical release eventually because... It looks really, really well done. Um, uh, at the moment, obviously, the, the worlds are very basic, uh, but I can imagine a, a luscious jungle-esque world where you're having to run around uh, almost maze-like. It's almost like a 3D Tanglewood, I suppose, actually. Yeah, sort of. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's exciting. I, I, I think this 
definitely one to keep an eye on, even if it takes several years before you before you see it really come to fruition uh, with the level design and what have you. Um, and uh, the last one I want to show off is another Mario one. This is Super Mario One Two Seven, which is a uh, um, a sequel of sorts to an old Flash game. Um, and uh, it's essentially the mechanics of the 3D World game. So it's like the water mechanics from um, uh, what was the one uh, Mario Sunshine and different different games like that. And, and they actually managed to put that into a 2D game. Uh, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to send you a couple of links if I uh, may, because I feel like this there's a couple of efforts out there that really deserve a shout out for me. Oh, nice, yeah, go. For um, it. so sent you one. Right. Ah, oh, yes, I remember you talking about. That's the second one. So the the first one that's coming up, uh, it's a lesser known title for the sake of Saturn, mm -hmm. um, and it's definitely one that everybody should give a go at some point. But what's really cool about this? You wouldn't you wouldn't look at this and immediately assume Sega Saturn, and that's because, despite that, uh, it is actually a mod for the original Sega Saturn game. They've essentially created like an upscaled remaster for Burning Rangers. Yeah, this is this amazing. Is yeah, this is a classic um, uh, Sonic Team game. Back when Sonic Team were being a bit more experimental with things like Knights, obviously this uh, for the Sega Saturn back when. Uh, it really probably should have been working on a 3D Sonic game for that system, yeah. but this is the sort of stuff they were getting, and uh, we were getting. And it's, um, yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a uh, how would you explain it? It's sort of an action adventure game, but you're a firefighter. Uh, yeah, futuristic. It's it's yeah, it's a beautiful game, and and unfortunately because of that system and the impossible ways, you know, it's still so hard to emulate the Saturn. So few people have ever played this. Um, I think it's criminal that Sega themselves haven't put this out on, on as a download and uh, put this out yeah. on some system. I mean, again, because it was on the Sega Saturn, that was probably quite a hard thing to do because of the way the games were coded. Um, but this is a, hopefully going to be our way of actually being able to get through and, and finally play this game because more people need to play it. It's a good yeah. game. And what's really telling is that you still need to have an original copy of the game <laughs> um, to be able to play this demo. But how would... they managed to do that? Of <laughs> course, that, or they just say you yeah, must well, have an original. You, you, you must have the original thing. You know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. <laughs> say no more. Um, but what's what's really telling about the Burning Rangers series? Uh, well, the series game. I guess, um, is that uh, it's one of those games that's just been forgotten and left to time because it's one mm -hmm. of those titles that, unfortunately, the master tapes were, you know, are long gone. So it's not something they can right. just go back and remaster. They'd have to actually do it from retail code, which is a real shame. I feel Absolutely. like they could, they could do so much with bringing this back because the biggest handicap that this game ever had was that the console itself didn't sell well and they had no faith in any of the games releasing anywhere. Yep. It'll great be great to see this come back. And I really hope Sega are watching and go, oh, you know, I f we forgot about that one. Let's give this guy the budget he needs to make this a fully-fledged product. That would be nice. That would be nice. It's um, They have been known to do that, and they've also been known to not do that. So hopefully this is one of those times they do do that. <laughs> Mike Town says, "Now nah, it's all good." I asked Soldier Boy, and he said it'd be fine. He owns Sonic Team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I love Sonic Team. I, I, I always look back at one of the uh, Choo Choo Rocket as well. I, I adore Choo Choo Rocket. 
I, I really hope and pray that that Apple Arcade version comes out on Switch. I really do. That was a good yeah. game. I just haven't got the ability to be able to play it. It's really annoying. Other anyway. people deserve to play that. And lastly, um, yeah, there is another game called Scratching Melody, which right. really stood out to me for its gorgeous animation. Um, it, I mean, it kind of looks like a Flash game, um, but it also... But at the same time, I just loved the, the the general like energy and vibe that you get from it. Um, it's a very much like a Parappa Rapper style right, game where you have say, yeah, okay. where you have to match like scratches and you know either compete or you know harmonize with vocals and scratching and what have you. It's it looks really fun. Um, it's probably best to go a little bit further in the video where where you see a bit more of the animation in play because this is just the the tutorial right okay so yeah <laughs> so i, I like just it. absolutely love it um definitely one to keep an eye out for and of course the benefit of being at sage is that all of the games that we've mentioned today and many many more up to 150 plus games Something they're all free to play that. insane Insane. And like I said, I will be checking a load out this Thursday. So if there are any on there that I haven't mentioned or Grizzly haven't, hasn't mentioned that you really do think is worthwhile having a look, um, let us know over in Discord or over on Twitter. Um, there's a couple of other places you want to let me know on Instagram or something you can. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to check it out this Thursday. And that'll be going live on uh, Slope Extra and over on Twitch as well. Uh, so yeah, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Cool. Cheers for that one. Nothing so, bad. Uh, that's Sage. Uh, moving over to another game uh, that was recently showed off called Black Myth Wukong. This is uh, 12 minutes of gameplay footage, and oh boy, does it look nice. <laughs> yeah, I have been watching and waiting for this game to come out. So, unfortunately, it still looks like it's going to be at least until 2023 till we actually see the game. Mm -hmm. Really, really sad to hear that, to be honest, because it's it feels like it's been years since I first heard about it. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks incredible. Absolutely incredible. And this is from um, China. And that's significant because China doesn't really do AAA games. They, they, China is one of those ecosystems that's built up on the free-to-play model. I mean, pretty yes. much 90% of gamers out there, uh, out in China, run on free-to-play. They don't do... you buy, It's not like over here where you buy the game and then that's the game. Mm -hmm. it's all microtransactions so this really stands out as something special um and just just look at it guys it's uh it's super detailed uh it follows the story of uh sun wukong uh the monkey king um and his journey to the west journey to the west absolutely and it looks to be as authentically the chinese folklore as possible and that is important to me because i feel like you don't really get the story. You always get like a westernized, translated depiction of it. Whereas yeah. this, it just it, 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 it moves along it's quite a way since the old NES days of the Journey to the West games. And Definitely, <laughs> like and Dragon Ball Z, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this looks stunning. It looks absolutely stunning. Um, it's just really every so often you see it, you see a, a gameplay trailer uh, for something that looks like this, and you're like, wow, okay, we need you need to stop and have a look because it's just it's mind blowing. Um, one of those things oh, yeah. that 10 15 years ago, uh, is it really in game graphics? You know, but uh, yeah, and I can I can fully believe it is here because this is clearly playing on some sort of hardware. You even see the slowdown, which is yeah. being caused as it's an alpha for 
alpha footage, but I'll tell you what, that looks insane. It looks as good as any from software title. Um mm-hmm. Dark Souls Sekiro or you know, um the other one they do. <laughs> Even Elden Ring doesn't look as good as this to me. Absolutely. And uh, Michael Towns puts it as it looks like a grif- uh, gritty Rafiki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. King has returned. A sunbitan, yeah. squash banana. <laughs> Getting back on the Lion King again. Um, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it looks beautiful. Um, uh, there's really not anything else to say about this except for the fact of, hey, guys, have you seen this? Go and check it out. Sorry for everyone that's listening on podcast services, but go and type into YouTube Black Myth Wukong 12 minutes after you've checked out the new Spider Man trailer because cool, that, isn't that exciting? <laughs> yeah. Well that's exciting. even got octopuses in it. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Right. And moving over to our final topic tonight. Oh, right. Yes. So this is a bit of a deep dive, guys. So you may remember a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago. Um, what was it Super Mario Brothers went for thirty thousand for the, the original NES game, a game that sold millions and millions of copies. So it shouldn't anywhere near anywhere be near that sort of price. It was a sealed copy, in all fairness, but I'm still thinking triple digits at most you know anyway on top of that super mario 64 recently beat that um and that went for like like two million or something stupid like that um yeah absurd absurd money um again the most popular game for the n64 uh maybe behind mario kart but it's up there and it's stupidly expensive um um everyone that was actually a gamer Saw this and was like, "Really? There's something going uh, dodgy that ain't going right, on." Here. Yeah, and uh, turns out something dodgy was going on there. So, talk us through it, Grizzly. Right. So, you, uh, all the credit goes to Carl Jobs, uh, who yeah. is a speed, predominantly speedrun YouTuber, um, who essentially did a lot of research into this whole market craze of super expensive video games, which happened to be graded by Water. So they're, they're the ones that you see and they give like the 9.6 uh, sealed copy or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. Yeah, like the, 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 the plastic covered cases that you always see pop up. And you're like, who is doing that? There's a couple of companies, but Water is one of them, the main one. So what I'm going to do is try and summarize it as best I can in about mm-hmm. four or five sentences, which is very difficult to do. It's an hour long video. Um, well, there's, well, a lot, there's a lot of detail in there. And the... Carl has done an amazing job. I don't know Carl personally. I'm not, I don't think Slopes does, but no, uh, it's just it, it sounds to me like he's he's hit a slam dunk with his content. But anyway, so explains he explains very carefully the speculative selling and reselling of products to build hype. Uh, the idea is is that um, similar in a fashion to our good friend Mister Boy uh, from a couple of topics ago. The idea is is to build hype around the possibility of something becoming rare and expensive. And in this case, uh, gentlemen, I believe it's Jeff Meyer, uh, Jeff Mayer, um, who is supposed is supposedly this world class video game collector. It came out of the blue from nowhere a couple of years ago. Yeah, and his main focus is on collecting video games that have value and sealed condition. Sealed games. That's right. So. He kind of bought he bought a copy of I think Mario for like you know the the sealed copy of Mario for like a good cheaper cheaper price than this about thirty thousand I think it might have been that one that Dan was talking about earlier 
Um, you'll have to you'll have to uh, realize that I'm paraphrasing, so exact details won't exactly be right from me. Um, and then he kind of made this big song and dance about the the game and uh, saying, right, the next big thing's going to be video games and. You know, if you go into sell video games, some of these things are going to be worth millions and millions and what have you. So it was all about building this hype cycle. And then when it came to the likes of Wata, Denise Khan, who's on the screen as it stands, um, he kind of incorporated with the likes of Jeff Mayer to build this hype. Um, this is the, the picture that's painted in the video that this hype was being generated by both Wata and Jeff Mayer uh, through Dennis Khan. Um, and they all culminated in the uh, high-priced auction that we saw a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. So we saw, of course, the one that went for one and a half million, then one that went for two million. And what's really telling is that um, Dennis Khan states that Wata employees were unable to sell Wata-graded titles because that would be a conflict of interest, right? Because... What stops them from being able to influence a higher score for the sake of their own personal gain? There'd, there'd be nothing, right? So the idea is, is that Jeff Mayer, even though he is technically part of uh, Water Games, he has Jim, Jim been... Halperin. Sorry, say again. Jim Halperin, isn't it not? Is it not? I, I'm I'm stuck on these two names for some reason. So feel right. free to jump in because I, okay, I feel no, like fine, I'm missing fine. something here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the the idea of the story is right. He was actually a part of Water Games as well as the auction house. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the it was quite funny because part of the video, it states that um, he saw various people who would later be known as employees of Water Games going to conventions. This was a testimonial from Pat the NAS Punk. Mm -hmm. um, going to these, these shows, buying up these sealed games as if they knew something was coming. And that's basically what we're looking at now, is, is the culmination of all of this generated hype um, being turned into a, a feeding frenzy of high-priced video games. So I apologise if I missed quite a few details. I know I, I, no, know no, I have. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. In, in, in a nutshell, basically, this uh, the, you know these games are going ridiculously high. Like, who's buying these games at that ridiculous price? Because these are not rare games. I have rare games uh, that are not even mine that people have uh, lent me. That Specifically, if you go back and watch my Castlevania uh, Complete History, you'll notice that there were a couple of... Um, uh, uh, computer versions of the original Castlevania, and if you try and find those particular versions in their box, uh, out of seal and all that sort of stuff on um, auction sites like eBay, uh, and you go actually at the the sold listings, they just don't come up because nobody has these games. Um, they, 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 were, they were so rare when they came out, and and still to this day, like no one bought those versions of the game. And you want to get them now? You're you're spending upwards of 500 pounds to a thousand pound per per version of the game that is uh, a rare game as is you know all these yeah. obvious ones like your yeah, uh, stadium events and whatever else uh, there's 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 quite a few examples mario for the nes is the most popular game on the system it's like eventually someone selling a, a sealed copy of wii sports it's bonkers these are the most these games have come out so much they're not rare they're sought after because they're fantastic games thankfully nintendo let you play them at every possible chance they can because they re-release them and stick them up full price every two minutes but that's a 
another subject. Regardless, you have plenty of ways to play these games, and these games are everywhere, even if you wanted to get them yeah. originally. I have a copy behind me of Mario, because um, I sold all my NES games when I when I became a YouTuber, and I bought the original Mario again only two years ago. Uh, to be fair, it was the one with Duck Hunt, and I spent I definitely didn't spend over a tenner on it. Um, and yeah. it it's bonkers, because these games are just everywhere. Like... It's quite interesting because we see the effects that uh, these these conversations from YouTubers or, you know, these influential people, um, mm. what effect it has on the market. I mean, I remember back in the day when AVGN was just starting. OK, so when AVGN first started, very few people were collecting retro games. You could still yeah. go to car boot sales. You could still go to charity shops and find some real hidden gems. As soon as he turned around and said a particular game was rare, you look on eBay and you saw that price shot up. Yeah. yeah. And it's no different here. It's the same as going on to, I, I don't know if anybody, here in the UK, we have a newspaper called The Sun. I hate to bring it up because it's an absolute <laughs> dish rag. I, in fact, it's not safe enough to to clean dishes. But um there's there's usually a section that pops up every year. Every you can you can see it, smell it coming a mile off, mm -hmm. and that would be: Do you know what your games are worth? And it'd be a copy of Pokemon Yellow, or it'd be a Game Boy, and it says this this recently showed up on eBay for one thousand pounds. Not knowing, of course, how to click the little section that says sold listings, as opposed yeah. to buy it now. Um, and it's all done to drum up publicity. But unfortunately, it influences people. It influences people to put their prices up. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this, this is no different. Sealed games, high-graded games from Super Mario, for example, like one of the most beloved games of all time. As common as it was, it is a beloved game. I can see how this got this far. Um, the the most exciting mad. thing for me is that it will burst um yes yes and that, that's what i want um I, w I was chatting to someone uh recently um uh basically uh, I, i'm not gonna say names but i was speaking to a sponsor quite recently uh who's actually a big fan of the channel hence why he's come to me directly and we just chatted for several hours about retro gaming on on, on a big chat and he was telling he, he asked the question like what do you reckon your games are worth and i'm like you know what i don't know what i've got that's super rare I mean, I, I think some games here worth a couple uh, triple digits potentially, but I don't know because I just I'm not interested. I don't want to spend that money on games, um, and yeah. um, therefore I'm not looking to because I'm not looking to see what these retro games are worth. I don't know what I've got in my collection that is worth that because I just don't look it up. Um, and we actually came to the conclusion, and I found out he's a big fan of Hotline Miami, and. Um, uh, I was like, oh yeah, I've got the I've got like the Switch collector set of that because I'm a big fan of that series as well. Um, the Switch collector set of that, and I also picked up at CES, I believe, uh, only two years ago. They were selling these big gamer edition boxes. This is the one where I met you, Grizzly. Oh yeah, oh it's so EGX. EGX, sorry, yes, yeah, it was at EGX. One where I met you, um, and. Um, uh, at that, like the the merch booth, they were selling this this gamer edition, the PC version of Hotline Miami for a fiver, and I was like, "Well, that's an amazing set to get for a fiver. I'll get it." And it's one of those things that you know I bought, and I'm probably I actually to this day I haven't played, but I like to have it. And yeah. um, he's, he didn't know it existed. He looked it up, and it's going for over a hundred quid now. Oh, crazy! It's mental. I mean, that's two years. Wow. I mean, I remember getting my copy of Knuckles Chaotix. I thought 90 quid. The 90 quid that I spent on it was very expensive. 
yeah, um, yeah. about five years ago. I'm looking at it right now, and oh, equal copy, e- equal condition copy, three hundred and ten pounds, and it's just so rising. Painful. I, I bought I that. I tell you what, games I bought that for fifteen quid um, uh, back in the day, like fifteen years ago, maybe or something like that. Uh, yeah. And um, I was trying to make some money because I, you know, I was going full time on YouTube, all that sort of stuff. I was selling all my old games, and I sold it, and I sold it for about ninety pounds, maybe to you. Um, <laughs> Quite I sold, it about, <laughs> sold it for about ninety pounds, and then uh, I think it was like that weekend. Sonic Mania was announced and it went for 500. I thought, oh, <laughs> ouch to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, there we go. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, the only reason I ever sold my games collection for people that are interested um, is because I was, uh, uh, like I say, going full time with YouTube and I wanted to make that transition as clean as possible. And I just wanted to get out a few debts. And I was like, you know, I'm going to make it like that. And I'm sending the games. But regardless, back to this. Um, yeah, so it's. You, you hear this mental story of a game selling for thirty thousand, and then a game that 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 same game ended up going for one and a half million, and then eventually it going for a two million. It's stupid. Um, yeah. When you look into it, you realise that the person that's actually buying the thirty thousand to then eventually sell for one thousand five hundred is the same person, and that same person is associated with Water Games, the people that are grading these games. Um, and grading, what does that even mean? It means nothing. Uh, and it even explains in the video when you go to, when you send back that same copy without touching it back to the same company, it, you might get a slightly different grade. It, it, this grading system is bull crap. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. It's um, entirely subjective. And it's a way to, to be able to boost up the value of that game. Because if you go from a 9.6 to a 9.8, um, you're talking, if, if, it's a, if it's a classic game, not necessarily rare, but if it's a classic game, a well known game like a mario or a sonic or or a uh, i don't know like a streets of rage or a grand theft auto or something that's significant um as opposed to uh, granada for the mega drive that no one would know um it tends to go for more it's not about how rare the game is it's about how popular the character is for for whatever reason the people that are buying yeah. these um uh the, the these games and it's the same person buying and selling to be able to boost up the price himself um and an example given by this same person is he would have a lot of comic books and every few years after buying one he would put that get that comic book back into auction and end up buying it back to just keep inflating the price of his own collection um uh it's insane uh how it all works yeah. and it's now moved into the world of video games um it is it's funny, and it and it it's so obvious to people that are into retro gaming, even slightly, um, as to what at, at, at the very base level, what games are going for that stupid amount of money? Because these are not rare games; these are the most common games out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, for the most part, from my memory, the rare games were the ones that were actually normally the crap games because no one uh, ever bought them in the first place because they're crap. Um, and uh, they're at the end of a particular system's lifespan, or they end up getting taken off a shelf because they were under some kind of legal issue, like the the, the Tetris game for the Mega Drive, the, the Japanese version of that. That makes sense why they go for stupid money. This does not. Um, and then when you look into it, you realize, oh, it's because he's buying and selling his own collection to boost up the popularity of those games to idiots that don't understand it. And I'll tell you what, I actually got um, contacted by a sponsor uh, it's one that's mentioned in this video, actually. Um, I don't know if it's the same particular sponsor, but it's the same type of thing that they do. And um, the idea is, instead of 
you, you, you're actually buying shares into a particular game rather than owning Mario. You would own one percent of it or two percent of this particular auction that's gone for stupid money hoping that in the future wow now it's going for more money i can sell that share in my in that video game of mario for the nes for more um i showed them a video um that i was said oh i can add it to this and they were not interested to be part of the video i think because i was actually explaining how common certain games were and i think that's the reason they backed out um and that was before all of this blew up so um yeah it's quite but when when watching through this this documentary, I was like, ah, oh, I recognise that company. I remember when they reached out to me, or whether it was them particularly, or a company like that reached out to me. It's interesting. Um... Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a story, hell of a story. Um, yeah, and it's just, it, I don't think it's the end anytime soon because they're clearly still going with that two million dollar copy of Mario Brothers sold on a different auction site. I clearly I don't know. It might it spin. might burst like soon. I don't know. I, it's certainly not sustainable, but I don't think we've seen the last of it for now. Right. Because I'm, the I, I haven't I mean I'm, all my knowledge on this sort of thing comes from videos like this, if I'm honest. <laughs> um I just know that well, I'm hoping it isn't just retro gamers that would see this video. I'm hoping it's actually investors and people that are interested in in, in investing and 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 putting their money into particular companies without actually knowing anything about that particular company um, that look into that look into this because I think it's massively eye opening. Um, and he actually yeah. compares it to uh, one of the earliest times this has ever happened when people were buying and selling tulip flowers, and then obviously it happens in the art world a hell of a lot. Comic books, uh, comic as, well. books as well yeah, exactly and coins was another one in the 70s and 80s i believe uh because yeah. like there's there's grading companies for coins as well and it, yeah it's all just happening here it's um it's it's disgusting um and i don't I think, think, we're, in the, I think we're in the wrong business dan <laughs> definitely if you want to make money uh but like i said i remember even like um um when people chat to him about, um, I know he's not uploaded forever, but I do remember him specifically saying, like, when people were talking to him about video games, like the, the price of the games that he has, he's like, I don't care. I, I pray for a day that every single game that I have behind me is worth a dollar each. Like, I don't want them to be stupid expensive. Like, <laughs> and it, it makes sense. Yeah, I don't want them to be silly expensive because I want to keep buying and collecting the games that I like and I want more people to be able to have access to them. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to live in a world where, Sonic One for the Mega Drive sealed is going to go for thousands. That's bonkers to me. <laughs> so why would yeah. I want to live in that world? It's ridiculous. We should buy a game as a community and use it for a charity, says Go King. Now that's Absolutely. a nice that that's a nice thing to to, to suggest, but um, no. <laughs> I do have a um, uh, shoot myself in the foot here, but I do have a sealed copy of Knights behind me. Um, um, oh. There you go. Uh, there you go. Is I few hundred thousand right there? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's buy the let's pay off the mortgage, darling. Um, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, by the way, the only reason I have it is because um, uh, I bought it on this ridiculously cheap auction. I don't know if it was spelt wrong or whatever, but no one was no one was putting. You know, when you put bids down on things, yeah, oh, I'm never going to win. Uh, yes. I did win, and um, it it come with the controller. Uh, and I used the controller, the 3D controller for the Saturn. Um, but the game is a, the American version, and I can't play that. So I've got, I was like, oh, yeah, I won't open it. Job <laughs> done. So yeah, I've got a sealed game, but the actual um, controller's been opened. Uh, I have a sealed copy of Jet now. Set Radio. I have oh! Do you want to do a swap? <laughs> <laughs> I 
actually, yes. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I love Jet Set Radio. Uh, so, so much. So, so much. You know what? I got a, um, I've only got the, the bath tub of it here. I've got a Jet Set Radio tub today. Um, oh, wow. A tub. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Tubs. Tubs. The, uh, the, the duck things. <laughs> it's awesome. But anyway, guys, I think we've reached the end of the podcast. Um, I think that's uh, pretty pretty good roundup of uh, topics there. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Eclectic mm. mix. Absolutely. Let's do Thank- it again sometime. I think we should. Should we do it next Thursday? Uh, maybe not Thursday. I'm thinking Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, because I got the dates wrong. <laughs> 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 Thursday's the day I stream. Sorry. Sorry. No uh, stream video games. So yeah, thank you all so so much, everyone. Thank you to everyone listening live uh on Slope Extra and uh on Twitch as well. Appreciate all you guys hanging out. I really enjoyed it. Um and uh to all you people listening on uh, all of the podcast services around there, please do give us a review. It really does help us, as I say in the beginning of the video, spread our wings and get into the earlobes of podcast goers around the world. Yeah, put my uh, my phone voice on when I do the promo bits. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Ah, I think that's the end. Bye, everyone. Roll outro. Thanks for listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time